This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Newell is superficially personable and presents well in public. It's a real conundrum. People can't understand that a person can be lazy and corrupt but present so well. They expect a corrupt person to look sleazy or talk sleazy. The result is uh, very few people have any real understanding of what's going on in the district attorney's office. Welcome to Range, stories of the new American West. I'm Amy Westervelt. That was David Alkire you heard from in the intro. He's an attorney in Northern California talking about Cliff Newell, the current district attorney in Nevada County. He's up for re-election in a pretty dramatic race. Sarah Miller, a reporter and editor with Popula, a magazine that's launching soon, has been reporting on this for a while and is here to tell us all about it. Welcome, Sarah. Hello, Amy. It's wonderful to be here in beautiful Truckee. Did you know that Nevada County is shaped like a gun? I didn't know that, but that I, I feel like it fits. You did not know that? <laughs> I didn't. Oh, my God. Well, I've been here longer than you have. To orient people who don't know where Nevada County is or what it's like, it's in the Sierra, which includes part of Truckee and also Nevada City and Grass Valley. It's the, the Sierra foothills all the way up to almost Tahoe. Um, and I know Sarah has lived in Nevada City for a while. Um, Nevada City is a town I like to describe as like an old West town, but with steampunks. My description of Nevada City is it is like New England on acid, except when you're coming down from the acid trip, you smoke some pot and drink some craft beer. <laughs> so fair. I, yeah. I kind of like living there. I make fun of it a lot, but it's very, it's a very pleasant place to live. Yeah, it's super cute. I, I go there sometimes just to get out of Truckee, which is weird because it's quite similar to Truckee. I know. <laughs> but... I come to Truckee sometimes to get out of Nevada City and yeah. then I'm like, what have I done? Yeah. Okay, so um, I know that you've been talking about this story for a while and it's super complicated. Um, can you give us like a little bit of a breakdown of exactly what's been going on? I'd like to point out that David Alkire is reading and the reason he's reading is because he was in the that. middle of a murder. <laughs> what? I said, I think we all know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the reason he's reading is my fault, which is that I realized at the last minute that he was exactly the person to talk to. And then I also happened to know that he was in the middle of a murder case. And so I wrote him and I was like, oh, Mr. Alkire, because I'm like terrified of him. I was like, Mr. Alkire. <laughs> he sounds um, scary. He's actually... <laughs> pretty nice but i i'm terrified of everyone yeah. um and he and, and he's a little scary and mm -hmm. so i was like mr alkire i'll meet you in your office it will just take a few minutes and you can just read quotes that are going in my story and he was like okay sarah and i was like okay <laughs> mr alkire anyway so <laughs> that is why he is reading but he's very articulate so yeah and he's yeah. and actually like i love what he says and i think it's so true that i think people 
have this idea that, oh, if someone is nice and clean cut, they can't possibly be corrupt. Yeah, you know? I know. Somebody described uh, Cliff Newell once to me as a frat boy. Mm-hmm. And that's how I've always kind of seen him. I, I But some people don't think that's a negative, yeah, Sarah. That's true. <laughs> okay, so oh, why oh, are yeah. we talking about Cliff Newell? What's the deal with oh, this okay. guy? So the thing about this story that really drew me in was ju- I, I've been basically feeling like, okay, I'm not going to vote anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I, just, I feel like the system is incredibly corrupt. I feel like capitalism is really corrupt. Mm-hmm. And just by voting, I am perpetuating this thing. And so yeah. about, you know, uh, I've been feeling this way for a while. And then I, I go to see Glenn Jennings speak. And I'm not like, Glenn Jennings restored my faith in democracy. Because mm-hmm. that's not what happened. Um, but I, when I saw him speak, I was... And he talked about this situation that he was in and having stood up to authority in a very, you know, small, local, regional kind of way. And I was yes. like, wow, I, I really care if the district attorney of nevada county is a liar or not like that really matters to me i'm not sure i'm not sure i give a shit who the president is anymore like i'm really not sure i mean i don't like donald trump but i'm not i'm not sure like how much that actually matters but i was like i really care who the district attorney of nevada county is at this point yes and even though in some ways i wish we you know our criminal justice system was different but if we're gonna have a district attorney like let's have a good one Mm -hmm. or let's have one that's competent right and so then, so that's what happened. And so, so the, the story's very, very complicated. There's three things at issue and they're all intertwined. Mm-hmm. First of all, Glenn Jennings and Cliff Newell are running against each other. Cliff Newell is the incumbent. Glenn Jennings is his challenger and he used to be Cliff Newell's ADA, assistant district attorney. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Right. And then there's this situation with a warrant which is why, which is sort of the one of the main things that Glenn Jennings and Cliff Newell talk about during the campaign. Mm-hmm. This police officer, Jason Mackey, wrote a warrant. It was then challenged. Glenn Jennings was the ADA that went to meet him at the court to talk about the warrant. Well, I'll let, you know what, I'll let Glenn Jennings tell you the story. So in this particular case, that's what happened. It was, I think, methamphetamine. They went in, got some evidence, came out, wrote up a report, brought it to the district attorney's office. Somebody filed charges and began prosecuting that individual. That individual got an attorney. That attorney filed a motion challenging the truthfulness of that search warrant. Okay. Now here's where I enter. That officer called me up and said, hey, can you come down here and defend me in court? I go, sure. I'll meet you in front of the courtroom doors and kind of give you a heads up what what kind of questions you can expect from the court and the defense attorney. So I met that gentleman there. I'd seen him before, but I never really talked to him. And I said, okay, I met him there and I said, these are the kind of questions you can expect. And he stopped me and he said, hey, I can't take the stand. Okay. Now, I've been a trial attorney for 30 years, and I've come across hundreds, if not thousands, of law enforcement officers I've dealt with. And never have I had a law enforcement officer tell me, I can't take the stand concerning one of their search warrants. Because that tells you volumes, right? I can't raise my right hand, swear to tell the truth, that everything in there is true. So my next question to him was, why not? Why can't you take the stand, in in essence? 
And he, he opens it up and he points to the address of the house that they searched and said, I didn't have this information at the time I wrote the warrant. Wow. Now I know for sure what's going on here, right? And I said, well, what do you want me to do? And he said, dismiss the case. And I said, I can do that. So I went in there and I dismissed that case. I went back to the office, I told my opponent, and I also told the chief investigator. Now every DA's office has their own little police force. And they're called DA investigators. And there's three or four or five or how many they have. And uh, where I work, we've got 27 of them. So we have a, like our own little police force. And the head of that little police force is called the chief investigator, chief district attorney investigator. So I told my opponent what happened, and I told the chief investigator what happened. And they all agreed, we need to investigate this. And I said, yeah. So we brought in three law enforcement officers who worked with this individual. One of them had been his supervisor at one time. And brought them in and interviewed these three law enforcement personnel. And I said, can I sit in on the interviews? Because this is important to me. I search warrants. I kind of have an interest. And he said, yeah. So I sat in each interview from each law enforcement officer, and I heard troubling stories that they told the chief investigator. They pushed photographs and documents across the table to the chief investigator. And I asked one question at the end of each interview to each one of those law enforcement officers. I said, if you were me, and this guy came in with a search warrant, would you approve it? And every one of those officers said, no, don't approve, basically don't approve any of his search warrants. Now that's huge, right? So we decided to continue the investigation and extend it and talk to some of the other in, uh, law enforcement that were involved in some of these stories to make sure if it's true or they're just stories, we don't know, but we want to find out. And one of the other things was to get all the search warrants from the court that this individual had written to verify and talk to their confidential informants, see if that's what they told them was in the warrants. So we're continuing this investigation. And at some point, my opponent here came in and told me, this investigation's over. And I said, why? And he gave me no reason. He said, it's over. Now, he's my boss at the time. And I said, OK. I mean, what else can I do, right? So uh, a little time later, he, my opponent came into my office. And he put a piece of paper down on my desk. And it was on district attorney letterhead. And it said, he goes, sign this. And I picked it up and it said, after a complete and thorough investigation, this office finds no wrongdoing on behalf of this officer. And I looked up, I said, this isn't true. I'm not gonna sign this. So my opponent took that paper away and left. A short while later, he came in and told me, as well as other deputies there, who will verify this story, that that narcotics officer was now on what was called rehabilitation. Now, in 30 years as a trial attorney and a career prosecutor, I've never heard that term for this type of situation. And I said, what does this mean? And he said, this narcotics officer is now going to write every search warrant for the task force. I mean, common sense tells you that's crazy, right? And give the person making that decision a law degree and a, being a prosecutor, that's incompetence, right? He's going to jeopardize every search warrant now? And he said, but there's going to be other law enforcement personnel that'll come in and verify every portion of the affidavit. Remember that little story they have to write up? So not only is this officer going to write this declaration, but he's going to come in with other officers who can verify every part of it. And I said, you know, if another police officer can come in and verify 
every part of that warrant. It's a little strange, but I'll go along with that. Because when an officer comes in with a search warrant, I've looked at hundreds of them, if not thousands, I trust what they say and I believe what they say. You have to. So in this particular case, a couple weeks went by and I was at a crime scene or somewhere and one of the senior prosecutors there called me up and said, this, this person under investigation is in my office and he's got two law enforcement cops that can uh, vouch as to part A and B of the warrant, but not part C. Should I sign it? I said, no, that's not part of the deal. So I, he didn't sign it. A little while after that, I'm back in my office and this, invest, this narcotics officer comes into my office with a search warrant and says, can you review my search warrant? And I said, where's the other law enforcement officers that, that are going to vouch for it? And he acted like I didn't know what I was talking about. So I got up, I closed the door. I said, hey, you know you're under a rehabilitation. You're supposed to have other cops in here to look at this affidavit or vouch for it. And again, this blank stare like, what are you talking about? So I knew the fix was in. Got up, opened the door. I said, hey, man, I can't, I can't sign this warrant. So he left. And it wasn't long after that, I get called into my opponent's office. Now, as the assistant district attorney, you're at will, okay? No protection whatsoever for employment. You're at will. And my opponent, I sat down, he closed the door, and he said, you pissed off the sheriff by not signing this guy's warrants. I'm either going to terminate you or you can resign. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. So Jennings quits over this warrant situation, but the investigation thing continues to come up in the campaign in part because not only did Newell cancel the DA investigation, but he sort of agreed with Sheriff Royal that the Sheriff's Department would take over and do an internal affairs investigation instead. And that matters because if it's an IA with the Sheriff's Department, then it's information that's not just handed over to defense attorneys. In fact, if they want to get any information about an investigation into a particular deputy, they have to file multiple motions and it's this whole bureaucratic process, right? You know, the way Newell tells the story and the way his deputy tells the story when this later, his new ADA, Chris Walsh, tells the story is that, oh, well, now there's an IA investigation. We don't need to continue investigating him, but that's not how it works. Right. And I know this gets into something called Brady. And we've actually got David Alkire again explaining that. And he is reading again, as you will hear. But he has a really good kind of succinct way to explain the Brady thing and why it matters in this particular case. Newell's comment misstates the obligation of a prosecutor and demonstrates his ignorance of the law. When a question arises relating to the honesty of a deputy sheriff who investigated pending criminal cases, the Supreme Court's Brady decision requires that the prosecutor investigate. 
This is a constitutionally based requirement. Eventual litigation of the matters in Nevada County Superior Court has resulted uh, in the dismissal of multiple criminal cases. It's the duty of the district attorney uh, to conduct this investigation when evidence occurs and it can't be delegated to the very agency which has come under suspicion. So there's that. And then at the same time, overlaying all this, Mm -hmm. there's a hearing going on that starts, I think, in February and goes all the way into May. Mm -hmm. That is another case of Jason Mackey's. And another bum warrant, right? uh, And and another bad warrant. So the the first warrant that he wrote was for meth. Mm -hmm. And the second warrant, and he's written, then he wrote a bunch of warrants. Um, I mean, he's written tons of warrants. But this particular case is a a marijuana warrant. So yeah, so that's, those are the three things that, that are at issue is the election, the warrant as it relates to the election and then the warrant as it relates to the court case. And then the court case has been going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, co- coincidentally, mm, more or less, it depends who you talk to. Right. I I, I think kind of coincidentally, because it took the defense attorney sort of this long to get the hearing that they wanted. Right. But that, the court case has been going on through the entire election. And then sort of a, I mean, sort of like good thing I would think for Glenn Jennings in that is that he was able to testify as part of this current hearing right and some of what he has said in that testimony has kind of come up in the campaign too He just keeps coming out with these different reasons why Jennings actually left Oh, that's interesting. And he's like, oh, he refused to participate in a murder investigation. I was like, Glenn Jennings, I think Glenn Jennings' idea of like a great time is like putting a murderer in jail. Like, yeah, I just, and so, and I talked to Jennings about it and he said, and I talked to another person about it too. Yeah. And so he, you know, Cliff's story is, oh, he refused to participate in an ongoing murder investigation. And it was like he had dis- a disagreement about how to approach it. Also, like, who knew that all this intrigue was happening in Nevada County? Yeah, I will, <laughs> like, I know. And that there are, like, so many CIs. Yeah, I know. I keep <laughs> looking at people on the street and I'm like, are you a CI? Are, are you, you a CI? There's only, I mean, like, there's not that many people even in this county. There's 100,000 people in this county. And at yeah. this point, I think there's probably, like, 50,000 confidential. <laughs> so, and then anyway. he also say, he also says that he got really mad at the sheriff about a concealed carry permit, which is true. He did get really mad, but there's these stories that he threw a temper tantrum and I called someone who was there and I said, did Glenn throw a temper tantrum? No. Yeah. And then there's another story about, oh, he got in a fight with this guy in Truckee. Um, He may have gotten in a fight with a guy in Truckee. The guy who he supposedly got in a fight with won't call me back. But the police in Truckee endorsed Jennings. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't think that I would not. That seems telling. Yes. And I just feel like he has all these reasons like, the murder, the concealed carry permit, the fight in Truckee. And I actually think there's another one even. And every time I've checked up on them, like, so the guy about the concealed carry permit, I was like, did Glenn throw a temper tantrum? And he yeah. said, um, and this is Jim Phillips, who used to be a, uh, he, he retired as a deputy, from yeah. a deputy um, DA in Nevada County, like a, two years ago or three years ago. He actually said yeah. Glenn was the person he got along best with in the office. There's all these stories. Everything that, seems everything's like an excuse, and everything that I've checked check up on. I'm not saying that Cliff is not telling the truth about. I'm not saying he's lying about every single thing he says, but yeah. I have checked up on several of these rumors, and they seem like convenient ways of explaining that you know Jennings stood up to the sheriff mm-hmm. and stood up to Newell, and their weird partnership, like Newell's um, 
Royal's wife ran Newell's campaign in 2014 when he ran against David Alkire, who we heard from at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it sounds to me like he stood up to him. I don't, do I think Glenn Jennings is like a perfect human being? Probably not. Okay, so there's all this kind of stuff going on around, like between Newell and Jennings and their relationship and whether there was or wasn't corruption going on at the office and these warrants and all this stuff. Is there a key difference between them in terms of, of like how they would be as a DA or in terms of like their politics or their approach to the job, you know, stuff that they, other kind of stuff that would come up in like a campaign speech? That's a really interesting question, Amy. Mm -hmm. um, one that I've given a lot of thought to. And I actually think that we should listen to this guy, Eric, who I know from Nevada City, and he has some things to say about that. And then I have some things to say about what he says. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so I'm Eric Robbins. I was not quite born, but definitely raised in Nevada County. I'm 26 years old, and I'm working on one of the local political campaigns. And I'm supporting Cliff Newell. I saw Newell and Jennings debate multiple times in front of multiple crowds of different political ideologies. And... Um, there were a couple answers that Jennings gave that just really crossed a red line for me, and particularly with regards to uh, racial justice and police violence. He gave an answer that, um, he kind of gave the colorblind answer. He tried to claim that he and his fellow prosecutors never look at race when it comes to a case. They only see the merits of the case. And um, I, I don't really find that argument convincing in many ways. I think that's kind of a cop-out. Um, and then also with regards to uh, police violence or overuse thereof and what they would do about it when asked, Jennings seemed to imply that he believes if someone comes at a policeman with a baton, the policeman would be justified in shooting them. And uh, I don't have uh, an explicit statement from him backing that up, but that seemed to be what he said, and that really spooked me. And that was a red line for me. And um, that's why I'm supporting Cliff Newell. Okay, so I'm curious to hear your take on, on what he said there. Well, I certainly do not disagree with any of the problems that Eric Robbins has with the things that Jennings said. Mm -hmm. However, I think that Newell and Jennings' politics are pretty much identical. Mm -hmm. Um I mean, I think Newell's a little bit better at liberal buzzwords, and I think that that helps him with the portion of Nevada County that is liberal, which is significant. Mm -hmm. But then I, th I think he also manages to appeal to conservatives. Mm -hmm. um, I, I saw all the forums, and uh, I saw Newell say a number of things that I thought were, you know, fairly conservative. Um, and I saw Jennings, don't get me wrong, I, I, Jennings said a lot of things that were really conservative as well, but mm -hmm. Newell at one point talked about the Safe Streets Initiative, which is mm -hmm. something that was, I think, kind of authored by Anne-Marie Schubert, who is the district attorney of Sacramento, and mm -hmm. Anne-Marie Schubert is incredibly conservative. Yeah. And, like, legendarily conservative. Yeah. And, you know, he was like, oh, the Safe Streets Initiative, you really got to look at that. And then he, Newell talked about these propositions that have limited sentencing and um, limited prison terms. And he was like, oh, you know, we're going to roll those back. And I was like, okay, you know what, if you're, as far as I'm concerned, if you're talking about, like, increasing prison terms and... um that you're happy that there are things on the ballot that are going to reinstate longer prison terms. Like, 
I feel like you guys are pretty much in the same camp. Well, and I think too that um, that from everything that I've heard you talk about and read in the papers and everything else, that it sounds like um, Newell has this very cozy relationship with the police department that can right. be a problem um, for a DA. They're supposed to have, right. you know, kind of oversight over the police in certain circumstances. Right. And especially given how contentious the whole cannabis situation has been in Nevada County, where the sheriff's department has been very vocally opposed to cannabis for a long time. And like even this Mackey guy was, you know, someone who has been described as having like a real hard on for marijuana, <laughs> not yeah. in a good way. Um, like, yeah, I think, that- you know, I feel like it, it is important for that county in particular to have someone who has a little bit of a like division between the DA and the police department and and sheriff royal is not going to be the sheriff anymore he's done the other thing that jennings pointed out to me once was the investigation could have been short you know we talked to these other law enforcement people Mm -hmm. oh it seems like there's kind of a problem okay we look at some warrants Mm -hmm. you know and then maybe they talk to mackie i don't know they sort of figure out what's going on but as it's happened Instead of having a DA investigation that was kind of lasted a couple of weeks or a few months, you know, Mackie's been dragged through the press and the courts for like right. for years. And yeah, now, that's a good point. Actually, I wonder if Jason Mackie is like pissed off that they didn't just yeah, do know. an investigation. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I saw him on the stand and I I didn't. He's never denied saying I can't take the stand. Right. Um, And it's weird there's so much weird stuff about this. And then also they found a different version of the warrant that had been filed with the court. And it's not totally unheard of for that to happen. But what happened was his supervisor had asked him to make these changes Mm -hmm. and he thought that he made them. And then they found the version of the warrant with the changes. And then that was sort of spun, you know, by as like Maggie's he's never, you know, yeah. And it was like, well, no, um, but it still it still doesn't make a lot of sense. Like what I would know. think also that in a pretty small county, it's kind of weird for like the same guy to be consistently having this problem come up. You know what I mean? Like it's like two pretty high profile instances of it, and then you gotta wonder like, well, what's going? You know, like well, weirdly, uh, his supervisor, who was one of the people who said a lot of stuff about him, mm-hmm. that kind of that was not good. Mm-hmm. Um, although there were other people that said stuff about him, mm-hmm. his supervisor ended up getting dismissed or he had an inappropriate relationship with a CI, a confidential informant. Good boy. So there's some people who say, oh, he was set up mm-hmm. by the, you know, by the sheriff's department for getting. Mm-hmm. And then there's mm-hmm. people who say, oh, well, he was talking shit about Mackie because he was bad. Oh, that's interesting. And God, so much turmoil in Nevada yeah, County. And- okay, so I feel like this woman, Monica Center, that you spoke with from the Nevada County Cannabis Alliance kind of speaks to all of these things. In, um, yeah. She has some interesting reasons for why she is backing Jennings and why she thinks that it's important to um, vote in this particular election, even if you are a progressive who kind of feels like the criminal justice system is screwed up regardless, um, and how it all kind of intersects with what's happening in cannabis in the county. So let's let's hear from her. I come from a criminal defense background, and I have worked in the Hall, the hall of Justice in San Francisco, and I've seen what the DAs and the cops do together. And that's why I wasn't surprised that Newell behaved the way he did. And it was very suspect, and that's how I came to that conclusion that 
I felt Newell and Royal were working together. It was just so clear. They're, they're, they've got each other's back. It's about power. If the cannabis community has the, the, the status that they deserve for being an economic engine in this county, then they have more political power. And they, they just, I don't believe that, I know Royal doesn't want that. And I assume at this point that Newell doesn't want that. Um, he has to play to the middle though, because it's an emerging uh, influence here. I feel that Jennings, uh, Jennings is uh, willing to say, <laughs> willing to challenge authority. He's, and maybe there's some sort of like a little bit of an ethical thing going on there. Like I've seen this, that Royal Newell connection has had a stronghold on this community with all of their supporters behind them, right? Those are elected offices. They get campaign support from somebody in this county, and it's none of my friends. <laughs> so who is it? So, yeah, I mean, I, that, it's so small townish. It's, it's all about power from where I sit. It just seems to me like Newell is just going with the program. He's just falling in line with whoever the puppet masters are. And um, that situation with Mackie really was bad. And who knows how much of that stuff was going on and we don't know about it. Cliff Newell keeps saying in um, forums, now, I mean, now they're over, but he's always like, if Glenn Jennings had just gone in and gotten the right warrant that day, none of this would have happened. And it's like, well, the guy said he couldn't take the stand. Yeah. Like he never sort of, he never uh, seems to address that, which seems to me, that, that seems to be the moment where mm -hmm. everything, you know, started. And and from talking to DAs, you know, they tell you that you're you're supposed to sort of take cops' words for, for what they right. say, you know. Right. You're not supposed to like, necessarily no like you can't read their minds and again you if you've seen law and order you know this yeah. <laughs> well yeah i mean if a cop is gonna tell a da that they can't take the stand then like they're not gonna put them on there anyway yeah, yeah. directions these things can go. There's actually more to the story and you can read all about it in Sarah's written piece in Popula. That's at popula.com, a news and culture magazine on the new civil publishing platform. Check it out. Let us know what you think. And we'll be back soon with season three of Range. Thanks for listening. Bye. Range is produced by me, Amy Westervelt, and distributed by Critical Frequency. Our original music is by David Whited, and original illustrations for each episode are drawn by James Guthman. You can see those illustrations on our website, rangepodcast.org. If you have an idea for an episode or feedback on any of our other shows, drop me a line at howdy at rangepodcast.org. You can follow us across all social media platforms at Range Podcast. If you enjoy Range, please give us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us find new listeners. Thanks as always for listening, and we'll see you next month. 